this week on Homo Superior. Brent, how did the Rashomon aspect of the story work for you? I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about the fact... <laughs> hey, fuck your question, Kalen. I want to talk about the fact that the bad guys were just a pile of snakes. Well, Brent is gay, and Kalen's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Welcome to Homo Superior, where if you came, it ain't a walk of shame. Issue 255, I'm Kalen. I'm Clark. And I'm grossed out. Uh, I'm Brent you Wingate. I was say I your name? I, yeah. All right. This week, we, we're celebrating the start of our spoopsy season with Clark's Got Something A Little Spoopsy. Wakanda Forever dropped a second epic trailer featuring a flying Namor and a new Black Panther. Also, She-Hulk gets a new friend with benefits, and this week's TAS has Apocalypse assembling a squad. Also, also, there's some light news, comics, and of course, the issues. But first, housekeeping. All right, so this weekend, uh, it is New York Comic Con, and a few of us are going to be heading up there on Saturday, uh, October 8th. We've got a happy hour at the Yotel at uh, what's the name of the bar? I always forget the name of it. Social drink and food. Social drink. And, I don't know why I can't ever remember because that. Because it's a bland name. It's yeah. a bland. It if, is a. Yeah. If you're a restaurant, you just called yourself food or eats. Honestly, I like food. <laughs> That's <laughs> a very good like, '90s thing yeah. for a restaurant to do. It's like one letter word, like hey, shop. Hey, we're or gonna eat go, we're gonna go table. see a movie. Where? Oh, a uh, movie. Movie. Cool. Right. That's not cinema. It's okay. not exciting. Anyway, so this happy hour, it's happening with X Reads Podcast, House of X, the X-Wife Podcast, Comic Book Queers, and Power of X-Men. And of course, Homo Superior will be there. There'll be some, hopefully some special guests, and hopefully you. Uh, the no, other... wait, you could also be a special guest. Yeah, you. What did I say? And hopefully, you said, and special guest, and hopefully you, as if they're not special guests. I mean, they're, yes they're and okay. I am, I'm yes ending the audience's dignity. You're yes semicoloning my, con, uh, my, my sentence here. Anyways, the other quick housekeeping uh, note is uh, this coming Monday, October 10th, uh, take a listen to our interview with the wonderful and talented Jarrett Melendez, the writer and co-creator of Chef's Kiss, published by Oni. He's a great comic writer. He's very funny. He's charming. He's a foodie. Uh, take a listen. We really had a great time talking to him. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, now I believe we've got, uh, well, we don't have Clark's got something a little spoopsy. Oh, I thought you were saying that I wasn't here. Oh, and then yeah. <laughs> someone from Oh, he's a ghost. Beyond he's a... Is gonna, oh, yeah, I'm dead. Yeah. Okay. As one should expect from me. And now you're back from hey, the grave. what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've got you have something. <laughs> I have something. And it's mostly just talking about what the fuck we did in Halloween in our lives. So I was thinking first off, like, do you had, did you, do you had, do you had like a costume that you always did as a kid? Like there's something you just kept going back to? Yeah. What was it? For me, it was a ninja. Because my mom spent a lot of money on it when I was a kid, and she's like, "You better fucking use a lot of it." This is this is Asian parent one hundred and one yeah. uh, with their kids. It's like I spent a lot of money on this. You better wear it again. So I wore it like three she years. Made in a row. it or she? No, she bought it. She bought it. Yeah, I I mean in this in the sense that we kind of added costumes on top of each other. Like one year we were the Ninja Turtles. The next year we were the Ninja Turtles with another child and, yeah, then, and then the next year we were ghosts and then the year after that we were ghost ninja turtles. ninja turtles wait how did you do ghost ninja turtles you wear the ninja turtles outfit which yeah. was like lo- green long johns that had like a painted shell on it yeah and then you wear a uh cloak with holes cut out in the eyes okay and then you put the headband over the cloak eyes that's that's quite the mashup there so the monster I, mashup. so so no one could see the costume underneath, 
But if anyone ever challenged you and said, you're not dressed as a ghost Ninja Turtle, you could always prove them wrong. You're like, fuck you, kid. That yeah. seems like give me, some of the shit I would Twix. do in the last 10 years. Yeah. Where I just kind of like, <laughs> one year I was um, both Fred from Scooby-Doo and Multiple Man at the same time because they're both detectives. Yeah. <laughs> okay. well, sure. I, wanted, I didn't yeah. want to dye my hair blonde, so I was... I decided to shove uh, multiple men on top of it. Fred Madrox. What's the costume that you did a lot as a kid? Um, I did a lot of Batman and Dracula as a kid. So oh, it was okay. just bat-related things, I guess. Well, oh. one, one year I went as the cow... No, I went as Cousin It from the Adams Family. And some woman was like, what are you, the friendly lion? And I'm like, <laughs> I am never going to be anything other than Batman or Dracula wait, 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 ever wait. If you mauled her after that like a lion would, I, I would have laughed so hard. I didn't have a face. It was just Cousin It. So, so she had never seen The Wizard of She's Oz before? Idiot. Well, no, I wasn't. The- the friendly lion? Yeah, yeah. It's famously cowardly. The cowardly lion. <laughs> yeah. Well, she thought I was friendly, I guess. Yeah. She knew me. She did not know me at all. I was going to say. <laughs> what are you, a dumb whore? Yeah. Did you have anybody else going as like Adam's family? No. It was okay. just me wandering around as, as, like, as cousin, cousin it. it. Okay. All right. <laughs> Everyone else is ghost and yeah. shit. Well, there are a lot of costumes that they require an ensemble or at least someone else for you to be recognizable. Well, this was like when the Adam's family movie came out in like 92. Two? I don't know when it was. 91 was the first one. Like well, 90, there you go. 93, 94 was the second one. One of those. Yeah. No. Like uh, one year for Halloween, I went with my husband in a couple's costume. Uh, it was uh, Space Odyssey. Yes. My favorite story. And my husband went as slutty Hal 9000. Mm-hmm. And I went as slutty Dave. But without the Hal next to me, I just looked like an asshole in an astronaut costume. Well, Like a whore astronaut? Yeah. One of our friends kept calling you BB-8, and that was not a compliment. No. He kept saying, you look like BB-8. Are you BB-8? He was pretty drunk, but I still love him, and uh, I hope he's still a listener. I hope he's still alive. Yeah. He's alive. Jesus Christ. I know. I just saw him the other day. What other spooky things you got? Did you have any, like, super weird or, like, scary, horrifying, whatever like, childhood Halloween incidents? I have a stupid one. Yeah, go ahead. I remember one October, it was like later at night, so the moon's up, and I was walking home, and I remember thinking, God damn it, why, what what would it be like if there was a full moon on Friday the 13th on Halloween? How scary would that be? And I allowed myself to have that thought. Wait, Halloween and Friday the 13th? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, all right. Yeah, and then I realized, God damn it, you moron, <laughs> the 13th, anyways. <laughs> Um, it was a very dumb thought to have. Oh no! <laughs> My just had like number dyslexia. Yeah, calculexia. It was it was the thirteenth month of the thirteenth year of the thirteenth whatever. But I just oh. thought it would be so cool. How scary! I mean, it would be fucking scary. Yeah. If those were on the same day, I want to know how many people you told. I don't know. Okay. I do too. Yeah. I, I did something in did something that sounds horrible. One Halloween, I was at Virginia Tech at the time. It was like two thousand two, two thousand three. I don't know. And we decided to, there's like a weird graveyard and cornfield really close to the school. So we decided to just run through the cornfield at like midnight with the full, it was a full moon also. And it was just creepy as fuck. Yeah. Even though you knew nothing was going to fucking happen. But yeah. Running through a random cornfield at midnight. Uh Oh, another scary thing is just like being in a uh, basement and you turn off the lights and then have to go upstairs. Yeah. So that's like Halloween. You can have all year All year long. Up. Is your new ba- basement, your new finished basement that you're talking about? No, it's not finished. Okay. And also, I just mean that as every um, child ah. knows. Uh, I didn't have a basement growing up because in Houston, you can't have basements. Mm, it's sea level. 
Oh. oh. Um, my uh, uh, spooky thing was I was actually I wasn't a kid. I was like a young adult. Um, and I saw you know um, that uh, John Carpenter movie Mountain of Madness. Sure. Uh, um, and so it's very like Lovecraftian, starring Sam Neill. I remember going to a friend's place um, and watching it, and I got really drunk on Smirnoff Ices, and then like I passed out, and like but the movie was still playing in my head mm-hmm. in my drunk dreams. Mm-hmm. Oh God! And then I woke up, and then I remember walking you, out of. And you were strangling your friend. I was strangling <laughs> my friend. It's like yeah, exactly. Uh, I remember walking out of his apartment in Austin, and just like the whole like. I was like a little, you know, discombobulated, a little like just like, oh, like half asleep, half awake. And just like the whole like landscape of his like apartment complex looked super eerie. So yeah. I just kind of freaked myself out. So in sixth grade, we were in our neighborhood, obviously trick or treating. And most of my friends went up to this door, but my family and their family didn't like each other. So I was like, no, I'm not going up to these people's houses. Anyway, so some seventh graders showed up. Fucking Dennis Condon and Matthew Horn came up to me, and they're like, give us all your candy. And I was like, I know you people. We go to the same pool. Our family are friends. Like, you can't take my candy without it being a big deal for you. So, no. That's some uh, geopolitical thinking. Oh, it's stupid. (laughs) Well, then three years later, we worked at the same pool together, and that same pool. And then you you got uh, your candy back. Four years later. Uh, no, they, never, they, they never didn't take forgets. my candy. They were not going to do it. They were dumbfounded that I wasn't going to let that shit go. Stupid. And then Matthew Horn crashed his car into our boss's um, car and then said he didn't do it, even though everyone witnessed it. He went to prison later, unrelatedly. Wow. He's dead now. Okay. That is a spooky story. I don't story. think he is. He sucks, though. Okay. Well, this story is getting <laughs> but anyways, spooky. Did yeah. you ever watch Event Horizon? And how horrifying was it to watch that movie? Yes and yes. Very. That movie's Wild. Speaking I saw, of Sam I, saw Neil. I saw it in the theater. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. Crazy fucking. Wait, movie. wait. I don't know. I don't know. Horizon. Oh, it is a. It's actually very Lovecraftian too. Starring Sam Neill. Yeah. Apparently, he did like a lot of Lovecraftian type movies. Jurassic came out, Park. Sure. Exactly. Um, uh, came out in the late '90s, and it is a sci-fi horror film of like these explorers. They're like basically, they find this like alternate universe that's like very sort well, of like Hellraiser-ish. First, they're just looking for a missing ship that was part of some sort of, not crew members, but part of the same company, let's say, mm-hmm. or Space Force. And everything goes horribly wrong and nightmarish. And it's good. It's just frightening as a 12-year-old. So this is a good, this is like an early plug. Watch Event Horizon. If no, you, you should. Yeah. It's, it's really It's really good. It's Supposedly a very they, good movie. They, they had to edit a lot out because it was too fucked up. Well, it got really bad Body reviews, Body horror, too. crazy, just nightmare it's good it's one of those movies that got really bad reviews and didn't do very well in the box office and then mm. word of mouth after the fact it became a cult a classic, classic yeah. yeah it's good yeah so what do you have do you have any haunted house stories i don't know childhood adult anything like that i have one uh so i don't necessarily believe in haunted houses and i've mostly what does that it, mean i, I they just don't like, exist i know it's just like i've never really experienced them um and in most of my life i've lived in like quote-unquote newer construction so i haven't the only thing is, like, when I was growing up in India, like, I oh. lived in, a like, an older, older building, but it wasn't, it wasn't even that old. Um, but, so, I went, the first time I ever went to New Hampshire, um, there's a place called Dixville Notch. It's just, like, upper, like, north New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and it's well known because it's the very first primary in the first primary in the country. They start counting what does votes. That mean a school? No. Well, they start counting votes. Oh. It's a small primary town. school. Yeah. I thought you were talking about. <laughs> no, I, I thought you were going to say something like Ghostly for, primary for killing witches. Yeah, okay. for Dick, you got to watch out for Dixville Notch. Sorry for the president for the presidential. The, the, cap- 
okay. capital of the primaries, witches, and the start of pornography. Yeah, it's the presidential primaries, and so it's 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 it gets a lot of national attention because they count the votes first, and it's like was oh, this with corn and shit? No, they don't use like what's a, that one? That's like a straw poll. Oh, um, but this is where they like will go and like so and so will get enough votes, and then then it becomes a full story for a day until they actually start counting the votes for the rest of the state. Uh. Anyway, so they used to have it have it at a place called the Balsams. It was like this old resort that was very like shining esque. Uh huh. And I was there. We were like putting up like you know like campaign signs. Like it was like dead of winter, snowy, and and it's like it's really rural New Hampshire. There's nothing around you could except get for this. So murdered and never found there. Well, I remember like like nailing down a campaign sign and just looking into the darkness, and I felt like the darkness was looking back into me. The mm-hmm. void. Yeah, the abyss. And so, and then I was like really freaking out. And then the 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 balsams, like it, like I said, is a resort, and the rooms are really old, and there's just this eerie feeling that I was I was convinced that I was going to get haunted that night. The haunting of. Old presidential candidates who never made it past New Hampshire. Oh no, it's it's the monster. The monster gerrymandering is here. Oh, uh, Paul oh. Songus was really like, boring me with this. No one plan. gets that joke. So what I was really asking was Halloween haunted houses that are like created. real haunted but that works houses. Too. Yeah. It was a little creepy for yeah, me. Yeah, uh, I hate haunted houses. I think they're stupid. You hate them? I hate them. I do not like them. I don't like being scared. And when I go to haunted houses, I get overly cerebral and try and figure out like you. Uh, okay, I was I was haunted five seconds ago, so that's like two more seconds, and uh-huh. something else is gonna some sort of boogan is gonna come out and try and frighten me, and I'm not gonna like it. So it's right there. Wait, wow. do you do like horror movie rules when you're doing that? You're like, okay, I'm not the first girl to die, but I'm also not a virgin, so I'm not gonna be the one that survives. No, no, no. I'm I'm. I'm hoping that I die. I don't <laughs> Get like that. that I, quick. I don't like that I paid money for it because uh, you know sometimes they're getting better and better. People are you know using chainsaws and fire and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and I also don't like the crowds that go to them mm. because there are some people who Screech. who who get into being scared too much. You're having too much fun. So it's too performative. They like they like scream and then they'll push past you and like freak the fuck out. It's like. You know what you're getting here. You, why are you like this? I don't know. Adam's not even here to defend himself, no, but he, you're he, right. Yeah, he doesn't I, I went to one year, I went to Marcos Haunted Forest, which is a huge, like, basically haunted land in uh, Maryland. Yeah. That's a big deal uh, in D.C. area. And I didn't realize how my, in my fight or flight uh, aspect, I choose fight. And, yeah, um, shock. Yeah. So one time, this is about maybe five minutes into it. This well, first everyone else was in front, and I was in the back, and they're all screeching like fucking banshees, and I'm just kind of like deadened because I know I can't, my brain can't acknowledge the fact that it's real. Yeah, not not real. And so suddenly, a skeleton pops next to me. Instead of punching him, I just kind of like um, back of the hand, like smack him in the chest, and he says "ow," and then I apologize. And from then on, I was like just totally checked out. You know when you're yeah. walking down the street. And you're walking one way. This is the sidewalk. And someone's like trying to go and you do like the back the and forth jostling. Yeah. yeah. I did that with the guy with the chainsaw. <laughs> and I, and I, cause one of them's chasing uh, everybody. And the other guy was behind him was trying to chase me. And the I, other two, you two were having yeah, a meet cue. And I jostled and I said, sorry. And he didn't know what to do. And I just like, kept walking. He's just got this really like, like high voice. Excuse me, sir. I no, just want to get by. Yeah. He's like, he's holding a hatchet and you're like, you wave back. And he's like, no, no, no. I was, I was waving a hatchet at the people behind and I, and you. And then I gave him a kiss. Yeah. Blew him a kiss and it was love. 
And you Anyways. dated him for five years. Yeah. yeah, those are all I'll do. We got things to do. Let's talk yeah. about comics and trailers and shit. All right. Yes, mama. It's a trailer's time. Uh, we're workshopping new names for our trailers. <laughs> it's a trailer's time. It's yeah. a trailer's time. Uh, so Wakanda Forever dropped its second trailer. We got our first look at Ironheart in full regalia. Uh, we got to see uh, Aquaman. Uh, I mean, sorry, Namor with I'll some kill you. with some feathered ankles. His um, wings and wings. and it just seems like everything's very intense. Everything's happening a lot. I'm really liking it. What did you guys think? Um, the first thing I'll say is I'm weirded out by the fact that it's they live in Tlaloc, which is um, a Aztec, un- as I said last week, underworld kind of town, not town, but city kind of thing. Yeah. But then they're having a Mayan god. They mention a Mayan god's name, yeah. and I'm like, oh, are they yeah. just going to be blending uh, Central American cultures? Yes, Central South I American think so. Cultures. That's probably right. Cool. Uh, okay, so time-wise, uh, time-wise, okay, so... It's Incans, Mayans, Aztecs, right? Aztecs were the most recent. Mayans, right before that. Incans, further in the past. Or am I getting Olmecs, I guess. Yeah, the, I mean, there, and then there's the. Oh my gosh, there's so many. Ol- there's so many this. Mechs. but like they're also in completely different regions. So the yeah. Incans yeah. are like in. Yeah, 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 like yeah. Mexico to Guatemala, and then obviously Incans are. For, I don't think they're doing Incan stuff. That's no, yeah. for that's the, like South America. No Cusco and and. Yeah. I should I should Lots. know this better, but I don't. Uh, but yeah, that is kind of weird that they're ble- like they they're like it's cool that they are finding a different origin than Atlantis, but like the blending of the of the well, ancient cultures seems a little weird. Just because they did the Mayan name for a god that's very similar to an Aztec god. Yeah, I don't remember the name. Sorry. Well, I do think it's an excellent excellent reason to have dumb feathered ankles. Uh, if just, you're a feather serpent, it really god. does make it very reasonable. I, it does, and also I. I'm so happy that they did it because it's it looks ridiculous, and I love that it looks ridiculous. Um, I did I did enjoy the jump the jumping through the, the air jump flight. Fly, yeah. Oh, it it yeah no that like made the internet. So, like people lost their damn minds because it looks so fucking cool. It's him. It's him. The 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 movie looks like it's expensive. They put some real time, mm-hmm. money, and effort into it. You heard that like apparently Ryan Coogler uh, after Chadwick Boseman passed away. Like almost just quit making movies. Period. Like so, this movie, mm. if it would have happened, it would have been a different director, which would have been a true tragedy. Yeah, even more of a tragedy after Chadwick passed away. But um, you know, the fact that like he found a way to, he and the cast found a way to honor Bozeman is. It, I don't know. I got choked up just at the opening scenes where you. It's clearly uh, T'Challa's funeral, yeah. and it's like very like breaking the fourth wall. Like it's life imitating art and art imitating life. Um. I think it looks fucking great. So a lot of people have made hay about the proposed runtime being two hours and 44 minutes. They can get over it. Who cares? Who knows if that actually is going to stay, though, because, you know, Doctor Strange was supposed to be roughly three hours, then it was cut down to being like 215, 220 or something like that. So there's always still more that they can edit, but probably this there's going to be some significant portion of... Hey, here's 30 minutes. That's just the funeral for. Well, this is like a T'Challa. yeah, a movie and a half worth of material. Yeah, and it's also the culmination of Phase Four. So let it be long. Yeah, let it be long. All right, let's move on to some MCU Next TV. So MCU Next TV is our weekly segment focused on the latest and greatest of MCU Disney Plus TV shows. While we sometimes digest entire seasons as extra issues, we know folks can't wait to talk about weekly spoilers and reveals. So let's get down with it. Uh, we've got uh, the penultimate episode of She-Hulk. 
And then uh, X-Men Dadass Season 1, Episode 10. So talking about She-Hulk, uh, She-Hulk smashes, and Jen and Matt Mur- uh, Murdoch def- most definitely smash. We get the cutest walk of shame ever, uh, and plus we get a coda at the best lawyer gala, still seems dumb, that's going to lead into next week's finales. Um, Clark, I'll start with you. Uh, Frogman is in this episode, a minor character. He is both a protagonist and antagonist in this episode. What do you think of his portrayal? I mean, it was silly and nonsensical, and the, the split didn't make sense. You mean like from I, hero to villain? Yeah, it just happened too quick and also just seemed undercooked. Yes. yes, I agree. I think it's I think it's weird to for someone like him to really worry about money or not be able to just hire the guy again or to not be able to buy jet fuel yeah. for his jets. I, I liked the idea that there is an issue with, um, you know, your a, a, a faulty product. Yeah, uh, that seemed that was fine to me. The stakes that it being for Jen against the guy who makes her suits also great but he as an individual character is just very weird which one Eugene or the the crog man yeah Eugene yeah yeah I I, I kind of liked it because it reminded me a little bit of uh syndrome from the first Incredibles mm-hmm. where like he's ostensibly like oh I'm a good guy but he's also incredibly vain and uh self-centered and so he becomes a villain and so this guy is just this entitled like rich guy who's like oh yeah I'm gonna try to fight bad guys I'm not very good at it Oh, and I like basically got reamed in court, and now um, I'm gonna kidnap the fashion designer to help him, you know, refashion my suit. Okay. It ma- made sense to me. Two things. One, I mean, Frogman is an interesting character in the Mar- Marvel universe just because he's kind of like a failure in a way. Yeah. But they did do a good job with him in the most re- recent Iron Man run, where he became decently heroic and part of Iron Man's weird, fucked up space squad. Um, there wasn't enough real estate to get all this done for the character. No, it was 30 the, minutes. It was not even like 25 minutes. Cause we got the coda at the end, the very long coda at the end that it just felt it, 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 it as I said, just undercooked, underbaked. Um, I think that's a, that's a true issue with this show, but also the MCU. It's like, they take these characters that are kind of one note, but you can do some interesting things yeah. with them. And they decided to just make, make them a joke. And if we want to bring it in further, the fact that his whole, law moment was what 45 seconds then they're like okay done yeah uh what did you think brent about the whole law aspect of this yeah look there was some there was a part of this that was amping up to be really good they've got an actual legitimate case that is kind of interesting then they introduce matt murdoch there's some so dreamy fun Mm. back and forth legal banter that seems relatively reasonable and then the gut punch to Jen of not really having asked any questions about her client <laughs> yeah. or having prepared at all. Then the courtroom is like, uh, we, we don't have we don't have multiple stages of any case. I, this judge, will just decide right here and right now. Case dismissed. Day case dismissed. You're the hero, Mr. Suit Man. Go and go out there and do whatever you want. I, I, I don't like that character, by the way. You know, I, I liked him more he's in this not, episode. No, nah, he's not interesting. He's not wild and weird enough. Yeah. Okay, but I want to talk about the legal issue some more. Please go. Why? All right, so it would be a real problem. Law and disorder. With so if he, if he said, yeah, you're supposed to put in a certain type of jet fuel in here, and he just told that to the guy, and the guy was, you know, doing it wrong, there are still other claims. There are still other reasons why he might have done things wrong. Like, 
Did he provide written instructions? Which one? Oh, the, yeah. Does he provide like safety, uh, you know, lessons? How does he, is he just giving away highly dangerous equipment to people? Did he sign like some kind of a release yes. as well? Yeah. There's, there's something yeah. that causes 900 degrees of heat should not be given to anybody, even if it accidentally would do it at some point. That seems wildly. Um, Unless you're Tony Stark. Or roadie. Yeah, but this is just some, I know, some I know. dumb yeah. fashion man. Uh, yeah. That seems wildly like illegal. Yeah, yeah you. I don't know, you know, because in America, weapons are freely available, uh, no matter how dangerous mm. they are. But mm. I don't know how like the FAA regulates personal aircraft that would like treat you. You'd become basically a vehicle because the jetpacks we have yeah. are currently regulated um, under different rules that are for now until we get. The Twenty Second Amendment. Yeah, for yeah. his leg, his legs seemed very <laughs> good for being under nine hundred yeah, degrees no, of fire. I know fire. That, that was not third degree burns. No, I'm sorry. no, no. He's just so walking around. Maybe being that a dick was a hint that he was like later. fraudulent about the the severity of the burns. But uh, yeah, totally. But he was on fire. Yeah, <laughs> and in other major legal news, the Sokovia Accords are officially. Oh yeah, that was a yeah, nice little throwaway like, line. No, yeah. like it makes sense. Like post blip, like of course it's like eh. Half the universe is, or half the world is gone. What the Sokovia War? Who knows what laws still are in effect? Exactly. Um, okay, so Clark, his uh, first real appearance of Daredevil in the MCU now. Like, not not sure if the Netflix show is canonical. What do you think of the portrayal? It was really good. I you mean, like, it seemed exactly the same. It's just a little more humor behind it. Yeah. yeah. And it took place. There was daylight. The there was daylight so much. Yeah. Instead of the world of no sun. Yeah. S U N instead of S O N Ryan wherever you are. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was very happy with it. I love the fact that, you know, in the Netflix ones, there's like intense fight scenes and like he takes out his fucking cane or whatever to, to beat the, the shit out of somebody, yeah. baton to beat somebody. And then She-Hulk just goes boom and smashes in to like ruin that Netflix moment, which was fucking perfect. That was great. Yeah. Like it's like I was expecting the hall, another hallway yeah, like fight yeah, yeah. scene. And they did that exact thing. It was a hallway scene. But they, uh, I did like that they still kept kind of an homage to the... Mm -hmm. Those prior oh, yeah, yeah, it's giving yeah. us a little bit. The action in this was really fun. The sexual chemistry between those two is off, off the charts. charts. I don't want Karen, whatever. I could say Karen Carpenter. Karen um, Carpenter. <laughs> yeah. I don't want Karen Carpenter showing up in the Daredevil series. Well, this is one thing. The This episode made me realize one thing that I'm actually very happy to see and didn't realize we were getting all season is that we've talked a lot about how in relationships in the MCU they are neutered mm -hmm. they are they are sexless this show has actually showed a lot of sex positivity that Jen can go on dates she can want to get dick and be a normal goddamn human yeah. being and actually have romances that develop right uh naturally the only right. real sexual thing that happened before was the eternals yes, yes that's true and that felt very sexless too well it at least some sex was happening. Yeah, it just was like... It's Wait, like waist up sex. Waist up sex. Weird it, dirt sex. But they were like two very attractive people who had no chemistry with yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one's a homosexual in real life. Yeah, well, you know, great. So Give my number. Before we get into the very He's end, because I think I've got twink. a question about this. Gala, how how is it possible that Jen is getting an award for... You know the nation's best woman lawyer. No, it's South Southern California's best woman Southern lawyer. Southern California. And why does it Why does it look like like an Oscar ceremony, like the red carpet? I don't know. Also, I, I don't understand. But what I really don't understand is how she doesn't know 
there are other women receiving yes. this award as well. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a one-person award, and there's like 75 women, including her like coworker who's been there for seven years or something. Yeah. I did sort of enjoy the participation trophy of it all. Like I was like, okay, like that makes that that makes me laugh. But yeah, I guess I just don't understand how you go to an event like that and you don't see massive signage that says no. we're honoring these women, or you don't see a bunch of women. It's it's dumb. She's been a lawyer there for I'm not there, but for years in that city. Wouldn't she know what this shit is by it, then? Yeah. Shouldn't she've also gotten this award by? I don't even know. It it's it's a gag that didn't have a lot of thought put behind it. Yes, she it's needed a gag. to be shocked that. You yes, know. it's a and gag then, that ultimately led to like a plot point. And then point. The, the dark plot point reveal of like the sex on screen shit that yeah. Josh filmed. If she was the only one up there, it would have carried more weight instead of just random other women on stage. It I know, It just felt right? like an afterthought. Like the big important afterthought was nothing and some guys in black s- filming this nonsense in the middle of the Southern California Lawyers Conference or whatever the fuck it was awards. It felt very anonymous. Like, you know, like yeah. they're wearing the Guy Fox masks. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I did, I will say I like, again, like the uh, the text and subtext of like the, you know, women can't get too angry, otherwise mm-hmm. they're not taken mm-hmm. seriously, or they're like, oh, they're like, oh, well, you're, you're, you're shrill or whatever, and like everyone's like, don't get mad, or like her friend is like, don't get mad, don't get mad, and she like fucking, like really hulks out, like she smashes the screen, everybody freaks out. Uh, I like that kind of like commentary on like what women sometimes have to go through, especially in the workplace. Love it. I feel like with what happened, wouldn't you understand it? It's clearly a thing that literally happened right in front of you when someone's showing a sex tape of well, you. Everyone should be like, okay, uh, all right, I get what's their, happening here. Their experience with people getting Hulk angry are that they level a city. So if they start to see this person acting like really intense and erratic, and I did think they showed a couple of shots of her where she kind of had the, you know, like the savage hunched over, like I'm going to destroy things look. Yeah. I can see why people would be terrified. Yeah, I, I get it. But oh, you also clearly see she's mad on a personal level and not on some like some monster attacked me kind of level. Well, I mean, I like that more as a vehicle for hulking out than just, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Hulk is going to get shot. So he's, of course, going to be angry um, that that if it's driven by, you know, things happening to this person. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, I Hulk smash destroy. Well, I guess we'll see how mad gala goers are next episode be like she's a monster even though she was mad because people are filming or have sex and that's very reasonable to be mad about yeah no i mean it's it's very very rational but people are irrational we'll see how dumb it's like you know dumb marvel comics human populace get about nonsense like we'll see how dumb considering real world the real world how dumb people get here that's true so uh all right let's move on um X-Men, the animated series, uh, season one, episode 10. Apocalypse returns and turns Warren Worthington III into death, his final horseman. Uh, so, Brent, last week you kind of talked about how you were liking how the threads are culminating. Do you think it worked well for this episode? You know, when you pick up a bunch of threads, the important thing is that you tie them together effectively. Yeah. <laughs> and this one decided to drop them all. <laughs> um you know, it's hard to have Apocalypse and have good representations of the Four Horsemen. Um, you know, just having a haggard old woman be like, I'm I'm Pestilence. <laughs> and, and, the, and then, like, uh, the guy who's war, his ability is to turn 
missiles around, I'm guessing. I don't know. It's not super clear. Yeah. It doesn't have the same gravitas of, oh, you're joining some unknown evil's army. Yeah. Well, in the comics, they were just three nobodies that didn't matter in the long run. I felt like they should have been some interesting characters. They were just kind of shoveled off to the side after this all happened. Yeah, they, I would have liked for them to be some other mutants that maybe we had seen somewhere, not just three random well, green I, guys. I think it's based on the actual comics. They couldn't do that. They, it was they haven't introduced enough actual characters in this series, this animated series, to right. do that. So when this episode aired, 1993, the comics that had Apocalypse and like Warren becoming Dark, uh, Archangel was like in 1987, 1988. So it's only been a few years. Apocalypse had come back with the Dark Riders at some point, maybe during Executioner's Song or some, some storyline, yeah, but that was like concurrent with this. Mm-hmm. And so um, when you see Apocalypse years down the road, he does have different char- like different superheroes turning into like different horsemen yeah so they have that so yeah it, they are generic with the exception of warren they're all very yeah. just generic well they're all like they're all those kind of like film that, that they could basically just be the background characters yeah You're like that person's not gonna move uh warren will definitely move because uh, he's you know a different color lighting i kind of wish they had made <laughs> they had made warren worthington like a um a regular cast member earlier. Oh yeah. Like throughout the se- season and he's just angel. And then he goes to this transformation. I think it would have had much more of an impact, but clearly this is a show I mean, within a budget. Yeah. yeah. And they and couldn't do it. He you know. And the Swiss woman who shows up in the last episode. Yeah. Very important character. I, I remember last week I talked, kept talking about things, not realizing that it happened this issue episode and lot, lot last one with the whole Stonehenge and stuff. Yeah. And the fact that when I asked whether, Scott and um, Warren had ever met Cyclops and Angel. Yeah. And in in, if Angel had been in the original. Team, the original five, yeah. Which I guess he did not. Yeah. Everything I said, just look, li- if you want to listen to what I said last time, it was exactly the same shit. No. Everything, <laughs> everything Stonehenge, it has to be Stonehenge to make everything mystical because it's easy to do. Yeah. Right. Um, did you think uh, that they, Clark, did you think that they were going to try to set up Apocalypse as the big bad for this whole show? I, I mean, they do for the next couple episodes right kind of well i thought the next couple episodes were days of future past uh, the I, next two, next two and then i thought they bring it back maybe in season two i don't remember they definitely bring him back as a big bad and then yeah we don't see him forever because i think he's dead and then there's a whole thing with fabian cortez and um caliban in the last season when they just start going one issue one nonsense story every single time i hope in uh x-men 97 they do some version of age of apocalypse because they weren't able to do that in the this the current or the the first run i yeah. should say so which would make a lot of sense actually and it would make adam very happy i just feel like this show and i know it's a t- it's a feature of the time of like action animated shows but it feels like so many actions are just to set up the world's worst pun ever yeah. Yeah. like you're f- like the character will be like flying away and wolverine's holding on to him and he's like oh it looks like this is gonna be a bumpy ride and the guy crashes he's like what you don't like my joke no one likes your joke it's the corniest thing in the world it- it's like there's writing this to set up the stupid punchline uh hey hey gambit it- it's not a rec room not spelled w-r-e-c-k like oh aurora's got jokes now cool fuck you all they're all the same voice for <laughs> yeah. those jokes too yeah, yeah. <laughs> You just hear the Seinfeld music. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it is it's like a joke book. 
like ah well he's really aces in my book and yeah like, they all sound the exact same i now i really do want to do a cut with the seinfeld music and the show yeah, boom, and then you just boom, have boom. like storm doing like uh like uh stand up at the very beginning just like jerry does my roommate and i just watched an episode of seinfeld yesterday where um kramer gets novocaine with his uh, t- wisdom teeth or something I don't really uh-huh. know oh yeah and and he gets Mel Torme is like some sort of act and on the stage I and remember that he had they think he has Down syndrome um, not Mel Torme yeah um, and he goes on stage and like sings with him and it's just like would it's never cringe. never be done nowadays but so cringe and yeah. this is Clark recaps episodes of Seinfeld listen here that's my <laughs> new podcast that yeah. I'm doing with who knows uh, yeah. <laughs> all right so that's yeah. MCU Next TV. Yeah, now, next up, we have... Oh, what, what is it news? It's the news. Oh, it's my turn. It's news, and there's only one news, and it's the fact that Zazie Beats is going to be a supposedly, seemingly, as already in talks, to be Domino in the new Daredevil. Deadpool number three. Isn't Are you interested? Are you excited? Yeah, it's I love... It's going to be good. I love Zazie Beats, and I thought she was a really good Domino in Deadpool yeah. 2. She was probably the best thing about that movie. Um, I mean, also there's rumors, and the rumors are definitely gonna be true. Is that Cable will be in it again, with Brolin as the as Cable, clearly. Yeah, just to, just to clear no. all these people out. Look, I mean, Deadpool two, it wasn't great, but it also wasn't the worst. No, it's fine. Uh, you know, superhero movie. It was, you know, it suffered from a lot of problems, but I genuinely think the cast had like yeah good chemistry with each other. Yeah, I want that Colossus back too. Oh yeah, he was he was a lot played of played by nobody. Yeah. Uh, he was very fun. Okay, so our when you say played by nobody, what do you mean? I don't know. It's just a man. Oh, There's not, not like famous. Not- You're not famous, sir. <laughs> yeah. And he well, never I mean, will be. I mean, he was, he's he in was metal. His entire thing was yeah, animated. Yeah. I'm just imagining uh, a Rene Marguerite painting of Colossus going sit. Uh, n- 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 uh, Colossus. Yeah. yeah. Colossus. Um. So Josh Brolin and I don't know if it's Josh Brolin or Oscar Isaac are in more different like co- like sci-fi and comic book universes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would like. Okay. So Josh Brolin was Thanos. Uh, he was Cable. He was Jonah Hex, and he was also in Dune. Like he was Gurney yeah, Gurney yeah. Halleck in Dune. He yeah. was Gurney Halleck in Dune. Oscar Isaac has been Poe Dameron, Moon Knight, um, uh, was uh, Leto Atreides in Dune, and he was in something else too. He was, was that sh- movie with that cat? What? What cat? You know that movie with that cat? It was like an indie movie where it was. I have like, no idea what you're fucking talking about. Well, we'll Google it. It's it's count it's a, count apocalypse twice because oh so apo- apocalypse. That's the other one I was thinking of. No, yeah. okay, movie so that cat, okay. Llewellyn Davis, inside Llewellyn Davis, that's the one with the cat, right? I don't know. Is that a Coen Brothers thought, movie? Yeah, I thought it was about a folk singer. Wait, with a cat? Okay, <laughs> I think <laughs> did I make this up? There was no cat on the poster, so I don't know. Why are you burying the lead about the folk singer? You're talking about the fucking cat. I don't know. It might have been true. Okay. Yeah. He was Apocalypse. It doesn't count. But they're both like, I think, neck and neck for being in the most different, like, sort of sci-fi slash comic book universe. I mean, Carl Urban. Okay. So, Boys, Lord of the Rings, Star Trek. What else? Thor. Thor. Yeah. He's doing it, too. All right. Brolin is in this series. It just today got uh, uh, extended called Outer Range. Is that what it is? On, On It's a sci-fi future but not really uh western show on a prime which was fine okay it was a fine show if you want something fine and you want to watch if you're bored of life 
Watch that show. Okay. Look, and then you'll, s- you'll still be moderately bored of life. This Deadpool is shaping up to be a movie. Huh? Coming out in 2024, right? Uh, yeah. September 9th. I made that up. What does it say on that sheet? September 9th. I did it. I remember it. I can't write reading it, but I did it. Good job, me. What's happening next? Good job, Clark. All right. So the issues are next. The issues are our weekly recap of all things X. And this week we've got X-Men Red number seven, Marauders number seven, Axe X-Men, Axe Star Fox. And also we read the X-Men Unlimited uh, uh, miniseries for the Hellfire Gala. So let's talk about the three books that were the tie-ins for Axe. So we have Axe X-Men number one uh, by Kieran Gillen and uh, illustrated by Francesco Mobili. So Marvel Girl gets her spotlight issue and the progenitor finally answers the question that X-Fans have been asking since the 1980s. Are Jean and Dark Phoenix the same person? The answer is yes slash don't worry about it. Then we've got Axe Star Fox number one by Kieran Gillen and Danielle uh, Di Nicolo. The newest Eternal Prime, a.k.a. Eros, a.k.a. Star Fox, a.k.a. a moderately successful adventurer, gets his own spotlight in this massive crossover. A.k.a. Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton would be a great fucking Star Fox. God damn, you're right. Uh, We get a bit more of his backstory, and he tells Zuras that once this crossover ends, he's going to step down as Eternal Prime and hand it over to Zuras himself. And then finally, X-Men Red number 7 by Al Ewing, and illustrated by uh, Matibek uh, Musa Bekov. Magneto is dead, dead, dead for now. Uh, the Great Ring turns on Iska the Unbeaten, and the Fisher King challenges her to a contest that she can't possibly win. She's judged favorably by the Progenitor and resigns from the Great Ring. Speaking of resignation, Storm gives up the seat of All Around Us uh, to Lodos Logos and takes the seat of Loss in Magneto's name. Oh, and we get a coda. Wizkid and Cable find out that what Agent Brand has been up to this entire time. And Our- you'll be shocked by it. All right, so, Clark, based on the conversation that Magneto had with Aurora as he's dying, mm-hmm. do you think that Storm is going to serve as a check and balance on Charles Xavier now? I mean, in theory, yes, if all of them are written by Ewing. I don't trust all these to be perfectly in line. I, I don't know. I don't know, because next one is um, Age of Sinister, whatever the fuck it's called. Sins, Sins of, of Sinister. Sins of Sinister, yeah. And who knows whether they continue that thread properly. Well, through that and all the way through. So I looked at that image again from last week, mm-hmm. and the first one has like you know maybe Nocturne and like Captain America yeah. Sinister fighting Storm. And if you look at Storm's costume closely, she looks like Magneto. Nice. Like, like the helmet looks mm-hmm. like her, uh, 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 like his helmet, but with a little thing coming out so her, her beautiful Iron hair Mahawk, can be yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like the like the armor is a little like Magneto esque too. So I'm hoping that they do. They like Storm becomes like the Magneto figure, like the one who's a little bit more militant, the one who serves as a check on Charles Xavier's like uh, pro- sometimes problematic idealism. I, mean, uh, I do like the fact throughout comics that they both had like the gravitas, a similar gravitas about it, where it was, except for when she's stuck in some fucking hole and freaking out. Uh, the claustrophobia yeah. of it all. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's a great way of reminding us all about what the threat is of Krakoa that, you know, we can always do these fun little side stories and have like, you know, crossover events. But if you don't bring it back to what the mission is, mm-hmm. then it's not as interesting. Yeah. So Brent, uh, moving on to Axe X-Men, what are your thoughts on Jean Grey uh, uh, sort of saying that she's atoning for killing the 5 million Dabari when she was Dark Phoenix? Can anyone truly be in the black after committing genocide? Look, I mean, it's a cosmological question. I, I, and not, I want an answer. I don't. I mean, it's the same debate that uh, in, in 
Bojack Horseman. An end game that um, that Captain America and Vision have. All right, you're having is one life. You know, can you sacrifice one life to save you know trillions, whatever? It's just that you scaled up the numbers by the billions, and so at a certain point, if you're a consequentialist, you'd say, yeah, depends on how many people she saves. I don't know. I mean, how many people does she save? Because I think then the answer is kind of maybe. I, I don't know why. I think that more judgment would be fairer if she if it was on the doubt rather than on the actual outcome. Because What do you mean? That that she is still uncertain about whether or not she has the she has paid her debt. Um if that was if that was what the progenitor was choosing on well, be, because other people have killed more. That's not what matters. No, I mean uh, her, but if if he's tying her into like Galactus, like a quasi version of, I mean, if if Dark Phoenix was based on her desires, and also, yeah, in a way that she would, I, I mean, I don't know. It seems well, the progenitor is basically just saying yes to people who who have doubt, not don't have self doubt, even though they're dicks. Yeah. So obviously he's not doing a good job at supporting or not supporting. He's yeah, absolutely. A, a broken creature. Yeah, which is why like Iska got the thumbs up because she doesn't really have self doubt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in X Men Red, exactly. So, uh, but I, I, I definitely think it's one of those things where I don't agree. I, I don't want to hold Jean accountable for the Dark Phoenix stuff necessarily, but the fact that she says I atoned by saving all these worlds when they were. With you know Cordyceps Jones's mm-hmm. like Casino World thing, it's like that's that gives me an icky feeling. The more I think about it, it's like I did all this good, and that makes up for all this bad I did before. <laughs> it's like it's like scales. Like when you get well, to like Heaven's Gate and Saint Peter's there. I mean, I feel like if she was, if she didn't say that, if she didn't ag- internally acknowledge that fact that it was um, atonement. If it just was, this is what she did. It wasn't yeah. like. She was, you know, tallying things in order to. I mean, there's a school of uh, of redemptive thought that tries to think that way. That if you just do enough, you can weigh out outweigh any of the sins you've done. Yeah. And I don't think that's very helpful. I think much more helpful is to think about, yeah, acknowledging and accepting the wrongs that you have, but not letting them, you know, consume you in any way, and instead focusing on how much more good you can do. Yes, you were the person who did those things before, but you are a different person now. And Jean obviously hasn't dealt with this. I just think that the progenitor should judge her for that, not the deaths themselves. Um, I will say that uh, even though it made me feel icky, it's also making Jean a much more interesting character mm-hmm. in my yes. mind. So like the fact that we are having this very heady philosophical conversation um, makes great. Also some want- great... Uh, banter between her or uh, conversation between her and Wolverine yeah, about oh. what, what 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 judgment do you care about? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'll just say this. Um, uh, like again, this crossover is fantastic. Is because Gillen's writing so much of it, and the writers yeah. who are doing a lot of the tie-ins, most of them are so in line with what he's writing already that stuff doesn't feel off. Yeah. But uh, speaking of which, uh, the I Star Fox. Just, oh, go ahead. Oh, Mark. I just want to say in regards, regards to Red, I'm so glad Iska just got shat on and shoved aside because I hate her. I perfect. hate her so much. It was such a good way of dealing with her. And, and you know, uh, the Fisher King saying, like, you know, uh, like the contest that he gives her, it's like, well, she can't possibly win that. Mm-hmm. She it's, it's, it's so smart. And they all turn on her. And it's like, you're an unreliable ally. Like, you are clearly, like, a Fairweather fan. Like, you will only... Like, you will be on the side that is going to win, and that's just not right. I yeah. mean, it works with the fact that, like, when she was a kid, they stopped playing games with her because 
they knew just her power was going to win no matter what. It's the same kind of way where they're just like, no, you're not on this team. You're not on this council anymore. I fucking loved it. We know what you're going to do. And like Sunspot basically saying like shitting on her as well as shitting on Genesis mm-hmm. was so it was so in line with Robert DaCosta. So great. I do get the feeling, though, of in in uh, Sandman where Lucifer and Morpheus have a f- word fight. Very much. That yeah. they're like discussing concepts and that you're losing to a concept. And it's like, I don't know, man. Did she actually lose? I mean, you can't lose a thing where you're supposed to lose, right? You just entered a, a, a paradoxical scenario. Why would the powers revert I think her? I think she realized even if she won, she lost. Does that make sense? That like she's no longer respected by the Iraqan, like, uh, great ring well, so just like remove she has to remove herself from from this scenario because it is it's toxic for her now i guess the way i interpreted it to justify it in my own head was that arako lost and therefore she's not with arako well in the last go around they were talking about how they're trying to in the infographic they were trying to move away from genesis genesis is like just way of doing it where she just outlawed the what? Oh, the night, night, the night, the night, the night yeah, seats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The night seats. Yeah, yeah, just. I mean, and she's like the last remnant of that yeah. because they're sisters. Also, uh, they, Iska and Tarn were fucking. Yeah, that was a surprise. I was like, I, I mean, I was whatever. I'm glad it could. I want to see her lover die in front of her. I hate her. She w- lost because I don't have to read her on page like on page anymore. There you That's go. That's how she lost. No. That's the real contest. <laughs> no, but like now it makes sense. Like a few issues ago, when like you know. uh Tarn and Magneto are fighting for the for the seat on the Great Ring. Yeah. And like she gets like really like and upset Sunspot about it. Shits on her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm just pleased that the the Great Ring isn't an afterthought. That ah. there's been a lot of effort put into oh, yeah. making it make sense, even if it when we were first introduced <laughs> to it, it was kind of vague and full of Clark's lungs are full of water. Um, uh, like it, Namor. That is, that is ginger <laughs> and um bourbon. Yeah. yeah. Like just like Namor. Probably. I yep. don't know. Uh, hey, Clark, so what were your thoughts on Star Fox's characterization in the one shot? They're doing their best to be like, do you remember when he was rapey? No, you don't remember when he was rapey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now he's a great guy who's just helping people and doing everything like by the books. Yeah. Love is based on respect or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, they've been out of their way to to make him palatable. They also kind of not miss like, not they didn't change his gender, but like making him gender have, fluid and, and yeah, androgenize to, him to yeah. like make it so like it's not a man that's forcing these people to to you know have different like being feelings. forced to have feelings. It's, yeah. it's someone who might be nebulous and to make it more palatable. It just seems like they're putting too much work into making him a sweetheart. I, I think that's fine. Uh, you know, the andro- androgenization of the character. I, uh, if you want to make the character hero great, but you can't excuse the things of the past. Like I think for a character like Empath, you he's got to stay a male because of his toxicity. Whereas you know I don't I don't have particular affection toward love or Eros. So <laughs> oh, I in general. Yeah, you're married, but you have no <laughs> you have no love for Eros. That's yeah. that's a little ironic yeah. there, Brent. Well, I'm losing. Yeah. All right. So uh, moving on from Axe. Go to Marauders number seven by Steve Orlando, illustrated by uh, Eleonora, Eleonora Carlini. Cerebra from the year 2099 joins Kate Pride's team, and Tempo helps bring back three mutants from Threshold, a mutant golden age from the distant past. 
so we got a reveal at the end uh, about uh, Archaea and Sublime having their origins in Threshold. Clark, what did you think of that kind of tie-in? I mean, it their original tie-in was half-baked weird. Engine. I'm not tie-in, excuse me. Their their origin were just Archaea and Sublime were just weird creations from like the beginning of the world. Yeah. Just like some sort of slime and some sort of robotic situation that were siblings and it's fine. Tie it in. It seems weird that there were mutants back then, even though, as they mentioned, there was no humans back then to be mutated from. We'll yeah. see what he does with this. I, I'm i giving it like some benefit of the doubt because we also had like ancient mutants like on uh, Okara, like, and then like it split up into yeah. Rocco and then like mm-hmm. went into Otherworld and all that stuff. So. Uh, the definition of mutant is interesting. I do like the idea, and Steve Orlando was interviewed by AIPT recently about how, um, you know, there very well could have been a complete civilization so long ago that we just don't know anything about it. There's no remnants of it anymore for whatever reason. I, I don't know if that's scientifically possible, but like, for, there's a, a romantic part of it that really, yeah. I really like that idea. So as far as that possibility, uh, once you get past an agrarian society, it becomes increasingly difficult to not notice that something like that exists because when you have complex societies like the ones we do, we produce so much stuff and move it around and deposit things places that you would notice, hey, it's really weird that there's this, you know, huge amount of whatever enriched uranium in this area um so probably we would have noticed something even on a billionaire scale but if they if they ultimately were like yeah we're just like one city somehow that was able to flourish maybe not yeah i mean on that level i get it but i mean i always think about you know ice age and stuff obviously humanity had to go back south more to africa and that kind of region right i don't know enough but there's all these concepts of maybe like boat people, quote unquote, from the Polynesians going up to South America and all this this stuff. Like yeah. maybe Arabian desert, this kind of stuff. There's some buried civilization we have no fucking no knowledge of from also possible twenty five thousand years ago. Yeah, uh, I just really like the concept a lot, and it's making not me, robots, but it's but it's making me go back and re- want to reread uh, Orlando's first six issues which are not my favorite uh we love you steve um but uh like because i like this idea so much and also like tying in sublime and and uh, uh archaea is just a cool idea i always liked the idea of sublime like grant morrison introduced that concept in their new x-men run um what what i don't know these characters at all so sublime was basically it was a sort of a mutant bacteria Gotcha. And uh, became sort of the big bad throughout Grant Morrison's uh, seminal new X-Men run. Shoved it into fucking inhalers and stuff. Exactly. It became a, it became a, a drug oh. called Kick. And so... The beast got hooked on. Yeah. And then like... And the, was gay. And then the uh, unmen were part of like John Sublime's like sort of like uh, basically like humans who wanted to turn into mutants. Human. They like they like found, they would like take mutant... They would kill mutants and take their appendages and like graft them on and all that kind of stuff and you find out like throughout uh the run that it is this like primordial like mutant bacteria gotcha we, we saw them in um dugan's Mar- marauders run yes when they were on S- probably i can't yeah, remember when they're okay. trying to blow up that hospital oh in Mad- madripoor yeah. okay oh yeah, yeah 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 you're totally right you're totally right 
All right. So uh, our last uh, comic is uh, we read the um, Hellfire Gala run on X-Men Unlimited. Uh, the issues are there's a one-shot uh, Hellfire Gala Confessionals and the issues on X-Men Unlimited on Marvel Unlimited, issues 50 to 55. Writer Steve Fox, artist is Alan Robinson. So during the most recent gala, the rejects from the last X-Men election take on the Typhon Group, a rogue pharmaceutical company that's backed by Hydra and now allied with Orcus. Brent, how did the Rashomon aspect of the story work for you? I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about the fact... <laughs> hey, fuck your question, Kalen. I want to talk about the fact that the bad guys were just a pile of snakes. What? What do you mean they're a pile of snakes? How they're, are they hold together? They're a pile of snakes that look like they were like not the Beatles, but a different boy band from the '60s that like was trying to be the yeah, Beatles. What if what if the if Devo was made of snakes? They just looked so ridiculous. Uh, I loved them being there. I want to know how they're holding themselves up. Um, I'm upset that they're all turned to stone now. I want more snake men. Uh, they, they were great. Kill no man. Don't worry. They're snakes. Kill all the snakes you want, says Charles. I just love that Gorgon uses his power that immediately bounces back because someone's wearing sunglasses. And yeah. he becomes stone himself. <laughs> yeah. very. It's very uh, Medusa and Perseus. I mean, it's easy, easy way to kill him off and bring him back more normal. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, fe- my only, I guess my issue is that the characters were so different. My uh, main issue was that there were so many young New ex- Sur- new X Men. Yeah. So Surge, there was like armor. Who else? Uh, la, 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 what's his name? Avalanche. N- no, uh, uh, neutral. Gentle, <laughs> neutral. <laughs> good old neutral. Neutral. There were good. so many that they 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 had their own thing, and no one else could dig into that new thing. Uh, yeah. The whole thing. I uh, did like the Monet um, apocalypse, not apocalypse. Jesus, um, Avalanche stuff. Uh, that was great. Uh, I, I, and I, I liked Micromax. Micromax was kind of like my my favorite of this whole storyline i also forgot that micromax is british because he was an excalibur mm-hmm. at one point so like but like steve fox is american and he was writing he was writing um micromax like he was uh dick van dyke in mary poppins why, so i was like not? oh core blimey core blimey <laughs> that's just siren yeah uh that's a terrible british accent i will never do that again yeah, that was micromax's voice perfectly <laughs> thank you thank you very much uh i did forget that both monet and avalanche was p- were part of banshee's x-core like from the like the joe casey and then the um yeah. uh what's his face uh terrible x-men writer why can't i remember his name um fuck Milligan? I don't no, know. no 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 the one between them yeah anyways i, I oh, sorry go on good i was gonna say the characterization of of micromax i don't like because i do not believe that character would wear boxer briefs that seems unreasonable to those me. are just boxers they weren't even boxer briefs whatever they are yeah. they're stupid and his dick should have been out <laughs> is that micromax is all about dick out it's a mi- i i don't believe that guy wears underwear dick. yeah do you think that guy wears underwear no so yeah. did you like the rashomon-esque aspect of the story yeah i think that as far as um you know it, when you're reading these together it works much more effectively than if you tried to do this week to week because mm-hmm. it feels like you're retreading a lot of the prior yeah. round. However, I I think that in this case, there's not enough that's really happening to justify, um, you know, having one long story arc where everyone's already together. Yeah. Um. So altogether, you know, fun, harmless, you know. Yeah. Action at at Hellfire Gala events. Uh, again, I'm glad Steve Fox is getting more X work. Uh, I hope he gets to do a book next year. 
That's the issues. You hear that sound? I did hear that sound. That means it's time for a Plug Me Daddy and for Ryan Kroll's reign as Plug Me Daddy King to end. We always like to wrap up with a little something called Plug Me Daddy, where each of us get a chance to quickly highlight something that we've read, seen, heard, or experienced and wanted to share with you, our little homos. Uh, uh, Clark, you got something you want to plug? Yeah. Um. I mean, I sent this stuff to you earlier. The Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared, which you talked about a couple of months ago, was coming back, and I did not know that yet. D- Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared is on Channel 4 in the UK, and so it's not over here yet. So I had to watch it uh, sneakily under some sort of thing. And mm-hmm. it's in Brent the Links. Um, it's based off of and based off of it's literally like a sequel to a YouTube show that had maybe six episodes. Just weird yeah. as fuck. It's like a very dark version of a children's show. It, this one, instead of maybe eight minutes and stuff, these are like 25 minutes, like a real TV show. Yeah. And I don't know whether you have a disagreement, but uh, I was worried it wasn't going to work as a full 25. And the story changes so much each each episode that it still holds off on for me. And I like the fact that it it doesn't seem like a reboot, but it's a reboot because literally at the end of the YouTube, they reboot themselves in a yeah. meta sort of way. This I mean, one goes out of meta and just basically tells a full story for six episodes. I did not know that it was going to be 22, episode, 22 minute long yeah. episodes. So I was a little bit surprised when I'm like, it seems like it should be wrapping up now and it's not. Um, so the first episode took a little of adjustment, but as you get into it more and more, it it feels like it's an adaptation of itself that does a very good job of carrying the spirit of what the smaller episodes and the horror that they had. So if you're in the UK or Ireland, you can watch it right now. And I don't know if America, any of you exist, but if you're America, who knows hey, when you're, you're in America shit. and if you're in America, uh, NordVPN will no, allow you access if anywhere. To, yeah, exactly. It'll maybe be in, on cha- on Netflix because a lot channel four has a connection a of, with, yeah. with um, Netflix. So my plug uh, is AMC's Interview the Vampire. Uh, the first two episodes dropped in AMC+. I was a big fan of the book when I was much younger, and I really liked the movie a lot. I actually skipped school to go see it. But the, the series is a really nice ad- uh, update, I should say. Um, first, uh, Jacob Anderson, who played Grey Worm on Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. uh, is playing Louis, the main snack. character. Total snack. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they uh, changed the race of Louis makes a lot of sense uh, because it's set in New Orleans like when it's in the past uh, and it would make sense that you would want to have somebody who is Creole, somebody who's African-American uh, play that character and we talked about this a while back uh, of when it was in the production and conceptual uh, standpoint of like how they could do Louis who was a slave owner in the book and the movie and also be black which did happen you know, back in the day, but they smartly just moved the timeline up yeah. like a hundred some odd years. And so early 20th century jazz age, um, he and the guy who plays Lestat, the other main character, Sam Reed have so much fucking chemistry together. It is, it's like watching porn, uh, really well-produced porn. And I love that they, uh, they, they decide to just lean into the gay stuff. They're like, this oh, yeah. isn't a hint. It's like these guys are fucking. They are lovers. They are partners. They are forming a little family together. Interviewees. This interv- thing. Yeah. Oh, they've got it all. I watched it as well, and I the only issue I had, and I told you this. Yeah. It felt like it should have been an HBO show, and had been not neutered in terms of the concepts and just yeah concepts I should say, but the just physicality of it felt underwhelming you wanted more raw penetration oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. no i just it just felt 
I don't know. It just felt weak. Well, it's funny because I, uh, I watched the first episode and then I saw like you know you 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 said that to me and then I watched the second episode and um, there's a such a violent scene that happens towards the end that I was like, oh, this is really violent. I don't know if you watched the second episode yeah. or not. Right, we don't have to talk. About we don't have to talk about it, yeah. but. Uh, I will say there is one scene in the second episode. I'm quickly. Not gonna sp- quickly, sorry. Uh, that shows what a monster Lestat is and not just by his physical actions, but what he does to certain people, to his prey, to his quote-unquote food. It is monstrous and hypnotic and seductive, and I fucking love it. The show is off to a very good start. Excellent. I'm also going to pitch from the AMC well. Uh, I just got through all of Kevin Can Fuck Himself. Uh, yeah. And Ryan had pitched this once or plugged this once before, uh, but the series just wrapped. So I want to plug it again. It's a really great show about a woman who is in a sitcom whenever her husband's around, but is in a grim reality whenever he's not. Uh, and it's all about how terrible he is and um, how m- much people gloss over uh, truly atrocious behavior because they think the person who's doing it is funny. Uh, it has an excellent story arc. It develops nicely. If you like the Queen's Gambit and you like stories where women are, uh, uh, you know, the protagonists who are, and they're progressing and they're not uh, just relying on men and they're also not perfect, um, this show is just fantastic. I liked my favorite thing about it was the stunt casting, the in the know yes. stunt casting yes. at the very end. Like very, very good. Certain actors we won't talk about, but yeah. it's. Anyways, it's fantastic. Check it out. Uh, you're going to enjoy it. And Kevin can fuck himself. That's been our episode. Don't forget to rate and review us uh, with a four or five or three star review. You know how stars work. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at X and Instagram at Podcast. We have a interview with the vampire. No, with Jarrett Melendez coming uh, out on Monday, October 10th. You should listen to it because it was super fun. And um, Clark, oh, Clark, do you have anything you want to plug? No. Cool. We've been home with Superior. The happy hour one last time. Oh, yeah. The, the happy hour. You've, oh, you, yeah. They've heard enough about this fucking happy hour that they're never going to. Oh, yeah, weird things are going to happen on Instagrams on Mondays is what it seems to be. Maybe. I we'll see. Created I, by this me. is the worst ending <laughs> we've ever done. We've been home with Superior, and we think you're all special guests. Yeah. Bye. Bye.